today on The Winning Walk with Dr. Ed Young. And if we're going to climb all these mountains that God has given us in the Bible, we're going to need our hind feet to get to high places. I want to be like Jesus. You're not going to be like Jesus unless Jesus comes in us. See, God the Father is above us, God the Son is by us, and God the Holy Spirit is within us. And it is He that is within us that gives us the capacity, the power to put these principles we're going to encounter on high places into practice. The truth is you're called to be God's troubler. Welcome to The Winning Walk with Dr. Ed Young. Today, Dr. Young begins a message called Mountain of Decision and challenges you to choose to be on God's side on this earth. So stay with us. The Winning Walk with Dr. Ed Young begins in just a moment. Before we get to today's message, we want to equip you to live with kingdom purpose and priorities in 2022 by sending you Dr. Young's four-message CD series, Living Life with No Regrets. This series, based on the book of Ecclesiastes, will help you live this year with kingdom priorities and how to use your time, your home, your talents, and your treasure. We'll send you the CDs of Living Life with No Regret as thanks for your gift to help keep the proven truth of God's Word reaching you and people all over the world through this program. So call today to request your CDs when you give 1-800-350-WALK, 1-800-350-9255. You can also text the word WINNING to 41411. Text WINNING to 41411. We want to help you walk the winning walk with Christ every single day, so we've packed our website with practical resources to help you apply God's proven truth to your life, including books, Bible studies, and audio and video files. You can also sign up for Dr. Young's email devotional and even request personal prayer. So visit winningwalk.org for more of the proven truth and personal support you need. That's winningwalk.org. You can also follow your favorite program on Twitter. Our username is winningwalk. That's winningwalk. How has the winning walk impacted your life? Share your story with us by going to winningwalk.org slash mystory. Now, here's Dr. Ed Young with today's message, Mountain of Decision. Something about being on top of a mountain. On top of a mountain, it's awe-inspiring. On top of a mountain, somehow we feel a sense of reverence and a closeness to the Almighty that we perhaps feel no other place on the planet. All the way through history, it has been on mountaintops where monasteries have been built, where fortresses have been built, where palaces have been built, where altars of worship have been built. It's something about getting above the hoi polloi, the, the normal things, and getting a panorama perspective. And what's it like to see a sunrise on top of a mountain? <laughs> and what about a sunset? on top of a mountain? What about the mist, the, the clear air that you breathe? It's so clean up there. It's like, what have we been breathing down here? You get up there, there's, there's the ethereal feeling. It's almost the holy of holies as we climb the mountains. 
Next 10 weeks, we're going to climb some biblical mountains. We're going to climb the mountains of God, and hopefully on top of the mountains, we'll rediscover God himself. We're made to climb. We're supposed to climb. We as human beings are called to climb the mountains. So we, I have opened the Bible and I have looked at 10 of those mountains. We're not going to climb every biblical mountain we want to get through sometime before 2025. <laughs> but I picked out 10 of them and we're going to ascend the mountain. We know that Athens, they have the Acropolis. That's where Athens was built. We know in Rome, they have their seven hills. And reading the Bible, every time everybody was going, remember, up to Jerusalem, up to Jerusalem, that's Mount Zion. And we're going to climb Sinai. We're going to climb Gilboa. We may even climb Mount Hermon. And next week, we'll climb the mountain where the Covenant was made, Ariac, there where the rainbow came into being. So we're going to just skip on the top of these mountains, hoping that as we look at the mountains of God, that God will speak to you and speak to me and give us a sense of his touch, a sense of his inspiration, even a sense of his presence. Let me tell you something. You can't get to the top of the mountain of helicopter. I'm not going to pick everybody up in one of our mini church helicopters. Everybody thinks we have. <laughs> we have zero, by the way. Uh, I'm not going to put us all on helicopters and just say, whoo, here's the top of the mountain. Here's the Mount of Beatitudes. And boy, I want you to get everything up here that God, through Jesus Christ, gave to those who assemble. It's not going to work like that. We have to climb up those mountains. What does it take to climb a mountain, a sheer mountain? The Bible says it takes hinds feet. Know what that is? Three times in the Bible you find this verse. It's mentioned in different ways, but the essence is found in David speaking in Samuel. He says, he makes my feet like hinds feet and sets me on, get this, my high places. So to climb these mountains, we've got to have hind's feet. What is that? A hind is a female deer, doe a deer. And all deer have hinds. They have the feet that a hind does. They have these feet that they can go up sheer mountain cliffs if necessary or a sheer wall. And the antelope family, they all have this kind of feet. It's sort of a, a, a cloven foot. The footprint would be square, but you'd have two toes that would be there. And they can climb where other animals cannot climb because those toes dig in. And they have a couple of dew claws on the back, and they also have little hooks on them. But when these lofty animals are skipping through the high places, they can retract all of that. And they can move and dance and, and go places that no animal can go. A, a, a mountain lion can climb, a bear can climb, a tiger can climb. But I'll tell you, they cannot climb up and keep up with those who have hind's feet. And all the way through the Bible, you find 
hinds feet connected with high places. Would you respond that way? Hinds feet? And if we're going to climb all these mountains that God has given us in the Bible, we're going to need our hinds feet to get to high places. The animals are born with feet like this. Did you know a young deer, when it's born in three days, can follow that doe, the mother, all the way up to the highest parts of the mountain because they have these hinds feet? And generally speaking, it is in mountainous areas, the doe stays up on the high places where the doe is protected, where the buck stays down in the valley. And if we're going to go up on these mountains, we got to have hinds feet. A plus <laughs> for some. <laughs> but hinds feet is always connected with. How do we get them? Had to be born again. Had to be born again. We, we can't manufacture them. We can't work and carve them out. We have to have a brand new birth in Jesus Christ. In other words, we can go and study on Sinai all the commandments and we'll be frustrated. We can read and study the Beatitudes. In fact, it's better that you never read the Beatitudes. By the way, the Beatitudes, you'll not discover one of them through common sense. There's not a single beatitude. You say, I figured this out through common sense. It is uncommon sense. It is divine sense. And to read the beatitude and not have hinds feet for is frustrating. Man, how in the world? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that mourn. What, what all does this mean? We have to be born again to be able and have the capacity to live out the biblical principles we're going to be taught on these mountains. You see, Jesus, we say, well, Jesus was a teacher. Yeah. And Jesus was Savior and Lord. Yeah. But I can tell you something. Without Jesus in your life and in my life, all the moral principles we try to live up to are null and void. We can't do it. It's just frustrating. People said, I want to be like Jesus. You're not going to be like Jesus unless Jesus comes in us. See, God the Father is above us. God the Son is by us. And God the Holy Spirit is within us. And it is he that is within us that gives us the capacity, the power to put these principles we're going to encounter on high places into practice. I want to show you how this works. I want to introduce you to to fact and faith and feeling. I want you to look at this. There is a historical fact of the gospel. We come to believe in Jesus Christ. That's Christmas. God visited this planet. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for our sin. He took our place. He was crucified. He died. God raised him from the dead. He ascended into heaven. He's at the right hand of God. By the way, his incarnation did not become null and void after his ascension into heaven. 
after his resurrection. It is still there, and his humanity will always be there as he took on the nature and character. His incarnation did not become invalid with his resurrection. Interesting. Side note, theological word. But the fact of the gospel, that is what we put our faith in. Our, we take our faith and we hammer it in and we believe the fact of the gospel. And that gives us assurance and confidence that we have within us the capacity to live a victorious, triumphant life. And following this is feeling. We have emotions. We feel. We know. We understand. God works by his spirit in our life. But let me tell you what can happen to us. When faith stops looking at fact and starts looking at feeling, fact moves off and faith has turned all of the life in Christ on to how do I feel? Do I feel God? Is God speaking to me? I need an emotional experience. And when this happens, faith and feeling become disoriented with fact. So you have fact the truth, the validity, the historical understanding of the Bible, what God has done for man in Jesus Christ. And you have faith that responds to that, and it follows by feeling. But once faith says, oh, I, I, I don't feel this, I don't understand this, it becomes totally emotional with feelings. They lose contact with the fact of the gospel. Thank you. Good job, folks. So what is this about? We're trying to get to go to high places and we know that hind feet and high are always connected. And we get our hind feet by able to receive Christ and he begins to re-equip us. Revelation 21, one of the last words, phrases Jesus uttered was, I make all things new. N-E-W. So he comes and makes us new, and now we have the capacity to climb these mountains, and we're going to go up mountains every single week in which we study. I'm going to be your Sherpa, and I'll tell you what that is as we go along. Now, the first mountain we need to climb is the mountain of decision. We've got to decide whether we're going to be in the mountain climbing business. And we're going to Mount Carmel, and it's one of the most dramatic stories, I believe, in all the Bible, certainly in the Old Testament. And it's very simple. King Ahab was the king of the land. The Bible tells us that he was worse than all the other kings of Israel combined. Now, that's a pretty tough thing. To make matters worse, he became a pagan, and he married an evil, demonic woman named Jezebel, who was beautiful but absolutely deadly. And Jezebel went to Israel, can you believe this? And tore down all the altars to the almighty God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jehovah, Yahweh, tore all the altars and put altars to Baal. Baal was the many-headed God, the God of fertility, the God of crops, the God of productivity, the, the God of the seasons, a God of fire. And therefore, now you have God's people through the influence of Ahab and Jezebel worshiping on high places a phony, false God that even entertained regularly the sacrifice 
of babies and children. Now, so here we have Elijah, who following the leadership of God, God pronounced a famine on the land, no rain. And then God told Elijah to go and appear before Ahab. And I want you to listen just to one verse here at what happened. This is 1 Kings 18, verse 17. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, is this you, you troubler of Israel? Take a time out here. I would hope that when people sometimes look at you and look at me, they say, you know, there's that lady, there's that teenager, there's that guy who is the troubler in America. They cause trouble everywhere they go. I'm afraid we've lost the art of being troublers in the moment in which we live. I've had a long time to be alone and spend time with God, and I kept saying, what is the number one problem in America? What is the greatest evil that besets our land? And without question, the answer was clear. Abortion on demand. The taking the life of an unborn child. You see, we're the land of the free, except for 60 million. We can achieve anything in our life we want to in this America, except for 60 million. Wherever opportunity to grow and be educated and, and make a difference in society in every area of your life, except for 60 million. Because 60 million babies have been murdered in their mother's womb since Roe v. Wade. And there's no individuals who are stronger for pro-life than those women who tragically have endured an abortion and they look back and they've been forgiven and they know how wrong that is and therefore they are strong for life and they're strong for the elimination of Roe v. Wade. Now, let me say something. Somebody said, well, Roe v. Wade is established law. It has been settled by the Constitution. So was the Dred Scott case in which it was ruled by the vote of seven to two of the Supreme Court that a slave was not a human being, but a piece of property. Therefore, it's a sealed thing that it is a settled issue here. Slave is nothing but a piece of property, not a human being. Settled law, just like abortion is settled law. But the difference is we rose up and repealed and threw that deadly ruling by the Supreme Court away, and now we're all free under God, regardless of race or color or any other criteria. It is deadly to harm our children. And when people of the clergy harm our children, teach them a deviant lifestyle that is deadly and degrading and horrific. 
And when we participate and legalize the murder of children in the mother's womb, you know what the Bible says about this? The Bible says someone who would do this, it's better you took a millstone, a heavy rock, and put it around their neck and threw them in the bottom of the ocean to harm one of these little ones. You say, well, that must be the Old Testament. No, that is Jesus. I'd rather have lunch with a mafia hitman who's paid to kill people than to have lunch with an abortionist doctor who is supposedly a healer who is also paid to kill people. A baby should be the safest place in the world, the mother's womb. It's the most dangerous place in the United States of America. Over 600,000 abortions last year alone. Life taken. We hear a lot about, oh, let's make America great again. Greatness does not come through prosperity, military might, all of us being healthy and wealthy and sound and entertained with every kind of entertainment you can imagine and be protected from all other people of the world. Boy, America will be great. Ladies and gentlemen, America will not be great, and God cannot honor us as long as we treat children as if they were nothing and they didn't count in life. You judge a nation by how it treats its children. Just a little aside before we climb the mountain of Carmel. So here's the situation. Here is Baal. And by the way, we are more worshipers of Baal than the pagans ever did in Israel in our sacrifice of children on the altar to Baal. Hey, we far surpassed that evil. So here we have the prophets of Baal that ate at the king's table. 400 of them, 450 prophets of groves ate at the king's table. And now Elijah goes and challenged Ahab and said, let's have a showdown. Let's have a contest. And so Ahab called all the children of Israel on Mount Carmel. I've, I've been on top of Carmel. David, many of us have been there. It's a magnificent mountain. You've been listening to The Winning Walk with Dr. Ed Young. Psalm 34, 13. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Lying is like trying to breathe underwater, isn't it? And it's wrong for the same reason. We were not made to breathe underwater, and we don't have lungs that enable us to do that. Neither are we made to live immoral lives. If you breathe underwater, guess what? You'll die pretty rapidly. And if you lie repeatedly, it may take a while, but that lifestyle is equally deadly and destructive. I have good news. If you don't know how to start being honest and truthful and transparent, you can get the help you need. You see, the first step is to be honest about your dishonesty. Confess it and know that God will forgive and cleanse. Then he will give you the strength to begin to be honest. Honest with yourself, with your promises, and with your commitments. Be honest about your dishonesty 
then God, by His grace, will take you and make you whole and complete. We hope today's message has encouraged you with the proven truth of God's Word. And we'd love to help you seek God's kingdom first every day in 2022 so that you can experience real significance and satisfaction in Him by sending you Dr. Young's CD series, Living Life with No Regrets. Everyone has a deep need for meaning, value, and purpose, but all too often people look for these things in the wrong place. This four-part series drawn from the book of Ecclesiastes will equip you to experience the abundance that comes through living with kingdom purpose and priorities in 2022. So call now to request Living Life with No Regrets is our thanks for your gift to reach more people with the proven truth of God's Word. Call 1-800-350-WALK, 1-800-350-9255, or text the word WINNING to 41411. Text WINNING to 41411. Thanks for being with us today on The Winning Walk. Join us tomorrow as Dr. Young concludes his message, Mountain of Decision, with more encouragement for you to stand up for Christ daily.